For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on Believe. Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. Week one of the NFL preseason is in the books, and uh, that could mean any number of things, that there are brilliant deductions to be made about uh, the state of the various teams around the National Football League and or there are only two weeks left to go in the preseason before we actually get to something that uh, is meaningful and, and counts. Uh, joining us right now, the uh, and this is always great having this gentleman on the program, uh, senior writer for Yahoo Sports on the National Football League and uh, one of the great insiders the game and commentators the game has known. Uh, Frank Schwab joins us here on the program. Frank, how are you, my friend? Hey, Wes. Good morning. Good to have you. Uh, yeah, good to have you on the show here. Uh, all right, uh, it seems like we, we spend endless hours talking about how meaningless the uh, NFL preseason is, and yet we keep trying to make meaning out of it. So uh, that being said, uh, was there anything of significance that you took away from the first week of the National Football League preseason uh, now that all teams have played at least one game? I mean, you like to see, uh, and it's better for teams and players to play well than play poorly. You know, when Jalen Hurts goes out and has an awesome one series for the Eagles better than him throwing an interception or two. Uh, so something like that, something like Pittsburgh's quarterbacks playing really well, the, you know, the rookie receiver, George Pickens, who everybody, including myself, putting in the hall of fame already half before he's even played a, a regular season game. You, you, you like seeing that. I mean, I think the positives are fine. The negatives are kind of like, eh, whatever. I, I don't know if it, it's hard to, it's hard to figure out what's, oh, I should really be paying attention to this, oh, this matters, and then just sloughing off the, the stuff that doesn't matter. But I guess in general, if you played well, if, if a player you wanted to see play well did that, it's better than playing poorly, isn't it? No doubt. I mean, how much has the approach changed by the teams, the coaching staffs, and the people that are involved in these games? Because I do remember there, there was some definition to it. I, I was around when they played six preseason games. That was dreadful. Uh, then they had four, but yeah, at man. least, uh, you know, there, there was this element of structure to it, that the third game was the big dress rehearsal. You were going to see the starters in there into the uh, second half of the ball game, into the third quarter, some even longer. And uh, there was the uh, element of, we're going to game plan for this one. And so uh, you thought you were going to get some uh, deep uh, meaning out of it, but uh, we don't have that anymore. And, and I'm not sure what the approach is. Is, is this like uh, the second preseason game now? The equivalent of what uh, week three used to be, because it doesn't seem like, you know, the starters are ready to play into the uh, second half of a ball game. A lot of uh, teams didn't even play their starters uh, one down in the first game of the preseason. Right, and some won't at all. I mean, Sean McVay will not play anybody of any consequence uh, this entire month, and I, I agree with him. I think that's the right way to go. Like, yeah, you might be rusty week one for a quarter or two, but that's worth it to not get anybody hurt <laughs> in a game. 
So, you know, you ask, like, you know, what's the structure now? And you're right. It used to be, I mean, for years and years and years, it used to be the first game was a series or two. Second game was a little more than a quarter. Third game was the dress rehearsal. Fourth game, you just blow off. Now some of these coaches treat every game like the fourth game where I'm not going to put any starters out there. Just not going to do it. And, and McVay is really the one that started that. I mean, you watch that, that Chargers-Rams uh, game the other night, and it's literally anybody who might even have a 5% chance of playing week one, you were sitting in street clothes. Like, there was just the, nobody of any consequence in that game, and, and that's how they're going to approach the preseason. Whereas you got guys from, you know, the old school, Andy Reid, uh, Mike Tomlin. They, they still take it seriously guys i mean frank reich who played you know during that era he played matt ryan into the second quarter which i thought was crazy in the first game but whatever he wanted to play his starters for a long time so you just have these coaches on on various ends of the spectrum on what they want to get out of the preseason what they don't and one of the new things here this year that i didn't notice last year anyway was if teams that have joint practices this week will not play their guys in week two so they're ba- like Frank Reich is a good example of a guy who's already come out and said, I'm going to play my guys in week one. I'm going to play my guys in week three. And I'm not playing anybody in week two because we have joint practices against whoever it is they play. They practice against this week. So it's all over the board. We don't know who it really, there, there's no template. Like you said, there used to be, we know, we knew who guys are playing in the preseason. Oh, this is the third game. This is kind of meaningful, asterisk meaningful. But now it's nothing. It's, it's, there's, it's, it's tough to say who's going to be playing, who's not, you know, how many quarters, which game. It, it, coaches are all over the place with it now. If that's the case, Frank, then at some point do you see them weaning it down even more? I mean, I, if, if these joint practices, we keep hearing, they get way more out of that than the preseason games. Mm-hmm. If you're asking the fans to pay full price to watch guys that won't matter until maybe later in the year when injuries really take a toll – do we see it going to maybe a one-game preseason and just weeks of joint practices? Because to me, if you're going to continue to not have starters in there, I'm not going to watch. And if people aren't watching, what's the point of televising it? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree at some point. I mean, and, and the, the counter-argument to that is, well, the owners make money on it regardless. Yeah. It's in-season ticket packages, and that stinks. I get it, but... At some point, the NFL does have to look and say, the product we're putting out here is bad. If coaches aren't going to play anybody in the preseason, I think as, as this younger group of coaches you know, becomes head coaches, and you're going to see a lot more of it. I think you're going to see a, more than half the league just say, we're not playing any starters in the preseason. What's the benefit for us? And you know, people who think that, you know, I mean, oh, these guys need the preseason. Go back to 2020. They, they don't need the preseason. I, there are there some benefits? Yeah, some guys on the end of the roster make it, winning jobs. Younger guys maybe getting a little few extra reps and and they're. But the, the, does it really out, does that outweigh get, putting your frontline starters out there? And maybe getting an injury. I mean, Cleveland Browns just lost their starting center. Like I mean, stuff like that happens. You don't want it. So I think it's going to continue to to get quote unquote worse and a, poor, a worse product. And at some way, NFL is going to say we. This is our product. I mean, yeah, we're making money on this, but this isn't good. Like, no fans like this. No, what are we doing? And I don't know. I, I don't know the solution. I think the preseason in some form will always be there. I mean, but I think it would have to be a give back. I think it would have to be, okay, we're going to give you two preseason games. We're going to 18 regular season games. I don't know that the players necessarily want that. That's a lot of a lot of four quarters of 
of competitive football. Whereas, you know, now starters are like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm not going to play in August. And people act like they need preseason when they're practicing every day. They enjoy practices. They're playing football. It's how they wake up on September 5th and say, oh, my God, i got to get ready for the season now. Like, no, they're doing just fine. They're ready. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. But I do know the preseason product is getting worse and it's not going to get better. Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz here on the Believe Network. Uh, all right, we're, we're zeroed in uh, on the Miami Dolphins. And, and I guess in a general sense, uh, you would have to think, and maybe it wasn't uh, exactly by design because uh, they had uh, obviously been uh, punished for uh, supposedly, uh, you know, being in contact. I guess they were with uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So, so if that was their plan A, that uh, they have taken a radical departure. But uh, maybe, uh, you know, we're seeing where, where luck is not necessarily the residue of design, because it, it looks like uh, you know they have a better team overall. And yet, Frank Schwab, the uh, odds makers, uh, the people in Las Vegas, uh, have a very tepid total of uh, eight and a half games, where, where they won nine last season. Do, do you see this team? regressing or doesn't it seem like they put themselves in a position where uh, maybe they could even uh, get into the realm of being a contender? I mean, they should be better. Like, yeah, it's Tyreek Hill who, I mean, he, he's one of the 10 most valuable non-quarterbacks in the league, probably maybe 15, 20, I, but he's on a pretty short list of the best non-quarterbacks in football. Yeah, a guy like that, he, he should be better. I don't know if he matches to his skill set. I don't know that they're fully going to get out of him what they need to get out of him. We don't know what Mike McDaniel is as a coach. I, I, like we all try to guess what these rookie head coaches are going to be, but we have no idea. No, because the difference between being a coordinator and being a, or a position coach for those guys and being a head coach is so incredible that it just moving one spot up is a big, big deal. We don't know how guys react, so. And there's just a lot of uncertainty with the Dolphins. And I think a lot of, look, a lot of that, that eight and a half that's out there, it's not higher as Tua. It's just a lot of questions if he can do it. And I don't know that he can. I really don't. I mean, not to, I mean, the Dolphins have other, some other issues, you know, the right side of their line. And, you know, I mean, some stuff like that. But it all comes down to can Tua take a step forward and be the quarterback everybody thought he was going to be? Now that he has, I mean, you look, Man, they got dudes. I mean, I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, even Gasecki. Uh, he had a Cedric Wilson, a pretty good number three receiver. Guys like that. You you should see a step forward this year. And I think the the fact that the odds makers are tepid, like you say, is just based on hey, we we need to see Tua do this before we buy in. And I I, I don't know. I will see. I, I'm not. I can't completely bury him. He hasn't played enough yet for me to say that he he doesn't have another level in him. But I think he needs to show it this year. I think it's it's now or never. Like if it's not like next off season, the Dolphins are going to say, "Well, let's go get you more players." And no, I mean this is if he can't do it this year, I think the Dolphins would have to start saying, "Well, we we need to figure out an exit plan here because it's just not going to happen." Oh, that's a horrible thought here uh, for the people in South Florida. But uh, you know, not one that hasn't been under uh, you know careful consideration here for uh, the entire tenure of right. uh, Tua's uh, being uh, the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Luby's sleeper team to win it all is the New Orleans Saints, and uh, you don't necessarily think of them. Wow. I mean, they lost Sean Payton, one of the fabled coaches, uh, certainly Dustin. I, I would think. For, for the Hall of Fame as a coach. Uh, they do uh, get Kamara back, although uh, 
uh, weird uh, disposition so far on uh, what could be a six-game suspension uh, for Kamara after this uh, fight that he had in Las Vegas. We, we don't know what the NFL is going to do with regard to a discipline there. Some are saying that'll be put off till uh, 2023. Um, uh, now, now um, what, what possibilities do you see for this team? Because uh, m- most of it would hinge on whether Jameis Winston can continue what looked like an ascent that he was going to make uh, before his season was shortened uh, very abruptly early in the season last year. Yeah, a lot of it is about Jameis because you look at the rest. That, like you said, somehow, some like Kamara seems to be avoiding a suspension. I don't, I don't really know how that's happening, but. He's he's probably going to avoid suspension. Michael Thomas was back, very very good receiver. Throwing the lines pretty good. Defense is great. Like defense might be top five in the league. So I could at least see, you know, being really really high on them. But man, it's tough for me to really buy into Jameis. And now he's hurt again. He's got the foot. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be serious. Nobody seems to be worried about it. But coming off an ACL, got a foot injury now. Didn't play in the first preseason game. And he's Jameis. He's he's just. I don't know. I, I just can't trust him. He's just, I think at the, at the most critical times, he's just going to turn back into that turnover machine that he's always been. He, but he does break. That's the thing about Jameis. I mean, some guys, when they fail as quarterbacks, they're just bad. Like, they just don't really bring much to the table. Jameis has his moment. Jameis has a 5,000-yard season. Like, Jameis can play football. He just has you know, three, four plays a game where he just loses his mind against all the other team. If he really can get rid of that, he could be a good quarterback, and maybe I could see them ascending a little bit. I think the Buccaneers are still, I mean, assuming everything's okay with Brady, that the whole, like, I'm just leaving in the middle of training camp was kind of weird. I, I guess this was a plan, but I don't know. It, it seems like a little more is going on there than we're being uh, told. But as, lo- as long as Brady's there, I think the Bucks are just easily the best team in that division, but I can make, yeah, you can make an argument for the Saints, which is crazy because at the beginning of the offseason, they were $75 million over a salary cap. And I was like, oh, my goodness, they are going to strip this thing down. They're going to be a two-win team. This is going to be a, a horrible season for New Orleans. And somehow they figured it all out. They massaged the cap. They didn't lose that much. And they come back with a team that, yeah, they should be at the playoffs, especially the NFC that's going to struggle to find seven quality teams to make the postseason. So, yeah, I, I can see the argument for the Saints. Look, we know the AFC's going to be a war, and it feels like there's two teams on top of that, and I'm curious about the Colts now. Matt Ryan does seem like a, a step up for what we saw Philip Rivers would be last year. But to me, the NFC, and it's not even the Saints, it's the Packers and the Rams were right there with the Bucks. right? The Rams feels like kept all that talent. The Packers didn't. What are you doing with the Packers? Because, again, Devontae Adams has become the best or top three receiver, but he wasn't coming in. A lot of it was another guy Aaron Rodgers made. Aaron Rodgers has done that his entire career. They do have an elite defense, and people are so high on the Packers, but that is a big question mark. Like, losing a guy like Devontae Adams at this stage in his career is the kind of thing that should sort of change the Packers. What are your thoughts on them? Because, to me, I've been waiting for them to get to the Super Bowl the last three or four years. And this seems like a really strange season for them. It does. It, it, it's they're the only team. Well, not they're not the only team. They're a team that's built in the way where they're they're saying we have a Hall of Fame quarterback, but we want to run the ball and yeah. play defense. <laughs> we just happen to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. But you know who else did that? The '97 '98 Broncos did that. Yeah. Where yeah. It, it, Terrell Davis was the key to that team. I mean, it was not John Elway, but when they got to Third and eight, it's like, okay, John, you're, you're the Hall of Famer. Go make a play. And he, and he could. He could still at that point in his career. 
I mean, Elway at that point in his career wasn't necessarily peak Rodgers, which we're still back-to-back MVPs and all. So that's a little strange. But, I mean, that's the comparison I've made. And I think that that's kind of – if you're going to be rosy about the Packers this year, you say, well, it doesn't matter which receivers Aaron Rodgers has. He's going to make everybody better. We don't need to invest in receivers because we can throw five guys off the street with Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to make every single one of them way better than they are. And it's not a terrible argument. And – They've invested. They've decided more to invest in the defense, which would be great. They got two stud running backs. They, you know, as if their offensive line can get healthy, that's, that's a pretty good unit. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that the Packers should be a contender again, especially again in the NFC. Everybody's got questions. Even the Rams. I mean, Stafford's dealing with an elbow thing, and, and they're going to have the Super Bowl hangover. And the Bucks are, are, you know, they're very very good, but they've lost their center and, and no Gronk anymore. And Chris Godwin's coming off an ACL, so. They have questions. Cowboys, Eagles. I mean, they're they're not. I, I don't know that anybody thinks that they're just walking into a Super Bowl. Even though I I really do like the Eagles. So the Packers have to be looking at this thing and saying, at least we're not in the AFC. We're in the NFC. Easier road for us. We still have a, a Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. Yeah, we don't have very good receivers around him, but we got everything else. So they are very very. It's a very strange roster construct. But yeah, they're still gonna be a contender. I just. You just wonder, I mean, how many chances are you going to get? I mean, it's it's hard to everything to line up where you get the number one seed in the NFC, and this happened to them two times in two yep. years in a row, yep. and it couldn't bur- burst on the door. It just doesn't keep happening. It's hard. It's, it's hard in the NFL to just keep cranking out 12, 13 win seasons, and we'll see. But they're a fascinating team because, I mean, again, the, the way they've constructed the roster is pretty much unlike anybody else yep. would do. Frank Schwab, senior writer for uh, the NFL, Yahoo Sports with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. All right, final thing. It's still unresolved, uh, and uh, it's been talked about uh, at great length uh, all throughout the last uh, season or so. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, does he have uh, less of a chance in in front of Goodell's hand-picked disciplinarian, uh, whoever's going to decide what his suspension is ultimately going to be, does he have less of a chance in this so-called court uh, than Brittany Griner did when she was being sentenced uh, by the, uh, the Russian uh, judicial system. Uh, I think so. I mean, yeah, like, why? I don't know what's taking so long. Like, the NFL knows what it wants to do. We all know what the NFL wants to do. What's the holdup here? And I guess the only the only answer to that is that the NFL is still open to a settlement where I, – but I don't even know why they would do that. Like, what? why the NFL wants a year – they're, they're going to they give them a year if they want. Like, it's in their court now. They, they've they seen all the evidence. Like, what's going on? What's Why are they, they dragging this out when we all kind of know what the end game's going to be here? It's, it's it's strange. But, yeah, I think it gets a year. And, and then, the you know, right or wrong, whatever, the relationship between the union and the league has probably never been worse over this. I mean, this is. Uh, the unions get sitting there saying, we both agreed to an independent arbitrator, and the independent arbitrator came back with six games. The NFL just said, nah, we're going we're gonna to do this ourselves. Like, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how the NFL kind of keeps poking the bear with the union, and the union's got to be like, yeah, I mean, this guy, again, right or wrong, I, I mean, he clearly is not the kind of guy you want to die on a hill for, but it's one of their members who is going to have probably a year of his career taken away. His contract's going to toll the next year, all this kind of stuff. And at some point the union has to say, we can't let our guys be disciplined like this by the NFL, which we don't agree with. We don't think is fair with blah, blah, blah. 
So it's just a mess on a million different levels. It's I can't imagine it, – it'd be hard for me to believe it's not a, a full year for Deshaun Watson at this point since the NFL has appealed and is waiting – you know, for whatever reason, to announce what it wants to do, I, I just I don't know. I it's it's one it's a messy situation on eight million different levels. I have no pity for the Cleveland Browns. I knew what they were getting into. This is it, look, this is a bet you made. Sorry, like he, your quarterback gone for a year. Well, then maybe you shouldn't trade it for him. You knew it. You knew what was going on here. And I I, I it, but you know the whole levels with the NFL and the NFLPA and and just Watson himself being you know there's really. Uh, yeah, all the things we've heard about him—it's just awful. It's a mess. It's—it's it's something the NFL really needs to. They just need to get it over with. They need to make a ruling and move on because this is something that I mean, I've been asked about it all summer, and I—this is not what the NFL wants to portray itself as. We should be talking about eight million other things, and yet we keep talking about the Sean Watson. And I—I'm sure that at some point the NFL just doesn't—they want something better for their league than just constant talk about what what's going to happen with the Sean Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson or his uh, attorneys, whoever's representing him uh, at these uh, hearings, if there indeed is a hearing, I'm bringing in a picture of Bobby Kraft coming out of that Asian exactly. uh, yep. exactly. sex uh, <laughs> trafficking spa and saying, hey, yeah, and you're, and you're not you. Roar, right? you know, that's one of your owners. Dan- what are you Daniel- talking about here? Snyder. I mean, Daniel Snyder. And I, I mean, yeah. they're not wrong. When the NFLPA says there's a double standard here for owners and players, they're, they're not wrong. I mean, that's another messy issue here where all of a sudden, yeah, the NFL is, it has to deal with, like, we're going to drag our owners through all the Jerry Jones. He's got a few things going on. Like, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of things that, yeah, that, that when the NFLPA is, and I think it's a, a diversionary tactic more than anything, but when they say, look, there's a double standard, look at all this misdeeds by the owners that they haven't gotten punished like this, they're not wrong. They're not wrong in any way. That That's a valid point. Like, and, and yeah, and it's just another layer of mess to this whole this ordeal that, that is just dragged on way too long for the NFL. Got a picture of Kraft and zero games right underneath. <laughs> exactly. Showing it, right. shoving it in Roger's face uh, as he's uh, coming down and going to lay down the hammer. On Deshaun Watson. All right, always a pleasure, Frank. Uh, great stuff as always. Managing to uh, illuminate the uh, preseason for us, which is not an easy thing to do. So we thank you for that. Uh, we we'll look forward to uh, following your work on Yahoo Sports. And uh, always a pleasure having Absolutely. you on uh, After Hours or any platform that we're on uh, here on the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Yep, absolutely, Tom. All right, Frank. Thanks, man. All right, thanks a lot. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. And he covered all the bases there, I think, uh, Luby. We had an inside-the-park homer. That, that was pretty good. Yes, uh, sir. To get any kind of uh, illustration of the meaning of the preseason, uh, I, I thought was uh, interesting, and I, I think he managed to do that. And uh, that is weird. I mean, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I, I'm rolling in there with a picture of Bobby Kraft, aren't you? A hundred percent. I have a top five. I do a Mount Rushmore where I do Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder, yep. Robert Kraft, yep. and Jim Irsay. Irsay literally got popped Check. with, like, yeah. drugs and alcohol driving and like nothing happened to the guns dude. nothing guns cash. yeah guns money it was, like... it was clear that, that he wasn't uh, you know, going to a high school reunion he wasn't going to game night it yeah. wasn't game night like what the hell yeah but nothing right. yeah nothing <laughs> zero point zero on that all right, uh, we have to run. Uh, pleasure being with you. Uh, catch us on uh, South Florida Live. You yes, can catch the Depot Show, 7 to 9. It goes live Eastern Time uh, in the morning, uh, Monday through Friday. And we also have another program there for your uh, South Floridians, uh, like Mayo's Lunchbox, uh, yeah. and that's at uh, 12 o'clock. 
So you can catch us on uh, both of those platforms as well. And uh, we'll see you next time on Believe for Mike Luby Lubitz, Jeff DeForest, and uh, like New York Met fans, even after that 13 to 1 bludgeoning last night at the hands of their arch rival, the Atlanta Braves. Four and a half games now, but you know what the Met fans are saying? They're going all Tug McGraw. You got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. What if I told you you could go to a great restaurant, feel completely safe because their COVID protocol is unmatched, have an amazing meal, have a great time. When the bill comes, you won't get sticker shock. You're going to say that's too good to be true. No, it's not, because I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. Great family atmosphere, great atmosphere for a couple, great atmosphere if you just want to go by yourself and watch a game and have the coldest beer in town. And while you're doing that, have the best bread in town. All at Texas Roadhouse. Everything you get there is fresh every day and made sure it's served at your table, hot and ready to go. And the best part is you don't get sticker shock because the prices are amazing. Texas Roadhouse. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.